When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the November 12th, Week 11 Recap and Reaction Show. And I'm not going to lie. We're going to go ahead and tell you, we might not talk a lot about games today. there's too much going on in the world of college football right now between Harbaugh being suspended and Jimbo being fired, et cetera. Uh, It's, it's absolute mayhem, but I will tell you, I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Gary WCE. I'm on Twitter at winning cures as well. If you want to support the show, you can become a member right here on, uh, on the YouTube page. And, uh, and if you want to support it in other ways, of course, you want my weekly projections, all that kind of crap. You can do that at buymeacoffee.com slash winning cures. Uh, if you want my weekly plays, you can find me on Telegram. Telegram t.me slash Gary WCE. And uh, the gentleman on the right side of the screen here is one Matt Huey. Matt, tell them how they can find you, uh, what you're doing here, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Physical therapist extraordinaire. You can find me strong and healthy rehab on all socials, TikTok, Instagram, and here on YouTube. Trying to put out information about keeping you all healthy. Most certainly, most certainly. So let's not waste time. Let's talk about it. Jimbo Fisher officially fired as the head coach at Texas A&M. $76 million guaranteed. At least that's the last number I saw. It's north of 75 million. We know that. I've seen 78 million. I've seen, and you see all the reports, right? The first ones that come out, uh, Pete Thamel, et cetera. ESPN does theirs. CBS does their Yahoo Sports, blah, 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 blah. And then the Fort Worth Star-Telegram has an article up that's like, there's nothing funny about this. Like, it's a gross mismanagement of funds and blah, like all this. It's like, we all know what the name of the game is in college football. Like, this is, the money is absurd. And yes, this is the biggest college football payout in history. Like, the biggest buyout in history. Because Gus Malzahn was the one before that. And it was like 22 million, 23 million, something like that over at Auburn. The money is just insane right now, and and the more contracts they keep getting, uh, it's it's going to continue to be like this. And I first off, they won the ball game yesterday, fifty-one to ten, with a third-string quarterback. Like, like they were they were pretty good yesterday. Yeah. Um, 
but that it goes to show you they have a third string quarterback starting right now because they have two other guys that got injured and the backup wasn't great but obviously they've lost a game with the starter as well and you know it is what it is things were not going well there by any stretch of the imagination but to eat this kind of money it's you know that there's something going wrong there what was your initial reaction when you saw about it? i mean you're in texas you're in the heart of this thing what uh what was your initial reaction when you saw it this morning well like <clears throat> when i was looking at this morning they were talking about all oh, the rumors the rumors about them like yeah, I, I, I can see. You're going to start talking about that. You're getting close to the end of the season. It's good. Okay, you're going to get to a bowl game. Because what are they? Are they six wins? They're, yeah, I think they just got to six just, wins. Just got six. Okay. So you're going to go bowl game. Like, okay. But then, um, yeah, I was getting ready for the show. And then you said, yeah, they fired him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's a. That's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, and I was just talking about this with my wife, like, you, you know, kind of like the whole thing. You know your employer doesn't like you. Why be there? But also the thing, if somebody's like, I give you $70 million to leave. I'm sure he's fine. I will show my way. I will show myself out. Well, it was Ed Orgeron, right? That was telling the yeah. story at the oh, Little Rock Touchdown Club. It. Like he said, they came in and said, "Ed is not working out." You know, we're uh, we're going to have to let you go. And it's you know, he starts thinking all these different things, and then he goes, "We're going to pay you your full buyout." And he's like, "When do you want me to go? And and which door do you want me to go out of?" Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with this. Like, yeah. whatever. It ain't going well for me either. Uh, it's just banana. Kenneth Collins jumped in. He said, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah, he'll be fine, but the same sleazeball who stabbed Bowden in his back and then later lied to his kids. I wish him no luck. Uh, okay. I've heard some different stories about that. Also, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher was the offensive coordinator at Samford under Tommy Bowden. So, like, he's been a member of the Bowden family for a long time, and it wasn't necessarily him that was trying to get Bowden out at Florida state. It was the boosters and all that kind of mess. Right. So that, that was a, that was just a toxic culture anyway, like towards the end of the Bowden years. So let's, let's not, let's not get crazy. Okay. Uh, but just, like Jimbo's from West Virginia, he's got a temper. Like you, you saw, you've seen the kind of ego this guy has. And, and then you see the kind of people that he hires. Right. And that's sometimes you don't necessarily put that on the coach. Like maybe, like Saban does these rejuvenation projects and whatnot, right? Uh, but when they've outstayed their welcome, he lets them go. And Fisher has brought in Bobby Petrino and DJ Durkin and Steve Adazio, and these are all known throughout the industry as pretty bad guys, but also like good football coaches. I, okay, like I, I don't, I don't think Jimbo's going to be coaching for a while. Uh, I think Neil Brown at West Virginia saved his job this season so far. Uh, <laughs> Mike Mack jumped in and said, Ken, you're right. He's a douche. Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of douchey. He's kind of douchey. He rubs people the wrong way. I think he could end up getting a job at West Virginia whenever that thing opens up because that's where he's from. But also, like, I don't think he's going to go back to being like a G5 coach. I think he's just going to count his money and hang out. That's what, I mean, do you imagine him coaching anywhere else, Matt? It would have to be like you got bored, man. I, I'm just like, 
sitting around bored and you know maybe some small schools like please just we'll give you some money to come to come coach that's i just i don't feel like he loves the grind of it yeah i kind of get that too like he like like he does it but it's not a passion yeah i just i don't see i don't see him being one of those guys that's like i'm gonna coach whether it's high school ball or whatever Right. There's some guys Saban loves to coach. Period. Yeah. Kirby Smart loves to coach. Period. Loves to recruit. Dan Mullen might like to coach, doesn't like to recruit. Like you got to find somebody that's like into all of it. And just I don't I don't see it with Jimbo. And so I mean, who knows? Who knows? I like and playing NCAA. Like oh. people are like, I don't like playing it. I just like the recruiting. And just getting the players, like I knew people who did that. Like I, I just like getting the players and letting them play, and that's all I do. Uh, Mike Mag jumped in on the chat. Texas boosters are the only boosters in the planet that are worse than the Florida ones. Uh, look, in the nineties, it was Alabama. Like it was rough. Like there, there's there's other ones around the country that are pretty bad. So let's let's not get it twisted. Ohio yeah. State's got some pretty crazy ones too. Yeah, I'm like in the midst of the Texas ones here, so they, they are combined. I was saying the AM people, they, they just have this like prestige that they, they care. You can just like tell when somebody is an AM alum. They're always wearing something AM. Something it's a pin, it's, it's a pin. It's a that ring they wear. They have money. They give every single graduate a ring. On the way out, and they are nice looking rings. Ring. Yeah, that's the only kind of ring they're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they give every single one of them a ring on the way out, and I'm like, dang, them things yeah. at least a couple hundred bucks, and you get what or thousand plus people. Like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. Uh, so let's let's bring up on the screen right quick. Um, da, 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 da. We'll share it, and I probably should have done this before. But let's see, which one is it? There we go. All right. So uh, let's look through and see who some of the uh, some of the names are going to be. And we'll do this one first. Texas A&M coaching candidates. We'll make me a new smaller so that maybe they can read a little better. Number one is Mike Elko, the Duke coach. He was the defensive coordinator under Jimbo. He... Makes sense. It says, uh, this is Dennis Dodd's list, by the way. And and Pete Thamel also has his list up. Um, let's see. Dennis, uh, Pete Thamel's early here. Let me, let me swap this thing around. God, these, so many things to click on. And, and of course the, uh, the internet freezing up on me didn't help anything. Uh, so Pete Thamel list of uh, potential names for A&M knowing money is no object. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, Mike Elko, Mike Norvell, Dan Lanning at Oregon, uh, Jeff Trailer at UTSA, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, Cliff Kingsbury, of course, former A&M offensive coordinator, former NFL head coach, and uh, and Kalen DeBoer, who is at Washington. Are there any of those just right off the top that sound appealing to you that might be interested in coming to Texas A&M with all the, all the pressure that you might get down there? Mm, I don't think Kiffin would. I, I think he might. I don't think that they might necessarily want him. He's been clowning them for so long. I don't think they. Yeah, want he doesn't seem like fit with their culture. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right about I, that. I don't know. I'm Mike Norvell. I don't think he's leaving Florida State. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, especially like, do do you think Florida or uh, Texas A&M would go and hire another Florida State coach after this one just failed yeah. so miserably? Yeah. And I know they're not the same guys, but yeah, still. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, he has ties in Texas. I mean, he certainly got ties, but like he couldn't win at Texas Tech. So how are yeah, you going to sell? Win there. Yeah. Like the but, only way that you could sell Kingsbury is. Hey, he was the OC when Johnny Football was here. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing that you could do. Other than that, like, I, it, Elko, you could certainly sell, but, like, he's not... Do you do you pay a guy $75 million to bring in Mike Elko? I mean, he's 6-4 and four at Duke, and, and, yeah, a lot of that has to do with the fact that his quarterback's been hurt, but, like, he's kept, he's kept them competitive. They won nine games last year, in his first season, uh, as like it was only the third time since World War II that Duke has won nine games in a regular season. <laughs> so, you know, I, maybe. And Mike Elko certainly, here's the thing. When Elko was there, it's like there was an adult in the room. And it, the defense was never a problem. But the defense has certainly been a problem ever since he left. And, you know... Does Elko have all those ties in with the boosters and whatnot? Like, is he one of those guys that not only loves to coach and build up culture, but he can also, you know, glad hand dudes, right? Can he go in with the boosters and talk a different game other than other than just football? I'm wondering, too, because you're coming into the SEC West. Yeah. And so you're playing Alabama. You're playing LSU. Um, well, but here's the thing. The West is gone uh, starting next year, right? So it's not just Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss and State and whatnot, right? Auburn. Yeah. Uh, you're also going to have to play Georgia more regularly. You got to start playing Texas again. You got to play yep. Oklahoma like every two years or whatever. Like it's it's going to be it, – it's, it's, it's tough in this divi- – not division, but in this conference. Like it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. Like- but – you know, do you bring in Elko maybe to just kind of right the ship and get the, you know, get everything kind of back on track? Because it's, I mean, you hear about the infighting and all this kind of stuff. It's just a, it's a mess. So, <laughs> Drew jumped in on the uh, the chat. He said, give me a shot at coaching a and I'll do it for 50 G's a year uh, with incentives in my contract year by year. <laughs> hey, I'm going to need more than 50 G's. I'm going to need a lot more than that. I know yeah. what they've been paying. <laughs> God it's, almighty. It, it, it's hard because you, you're coming in with a team. You're probably going to make some people. It's been almost every show I'll make somebody mad. But well, yeah. you're, you're, coming, you're, you're coming into a team that's going to be finishing in the middle of the SEC. And it's like you have to understand that. You, you, you're rarely going to be playing for SEC titles. You may work up and you get a year or you know maybe a year that you went out and you get to go to the SEC title game. But it's not going to be year in to year out. Yeah, and and I, I think like, I, and I'm a I'm a state fan. I, I understand. We're going to be down a whole lot, but we're going to build up, and we're going to have a really good season every few years, and then we're going to kind of fall back down. Then you, you know, every what twenty, you know, 
let's see, 98, I think was the last time they made it from the West or yeah, whatever. Jackie Cheryl. Yeah. And it's, it's <laughs> like, okay, you're good. You're going to get that one shot every once in a while. And it's like, you just have to accept it. Yeah. It's it, it, as the conference grows, it's uh take the checks, take the L's, right? That's yeah. Bud Elliott says that all the time on, on the cover three podcast. Um, yeah. it, it, and you just, just got to know what your point is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you just, Upset, upset in Alabama, upset LSU's to like you come in, like this is what it was state. You get your six wins, you beat Ole Miss, you upset one of the big ones during the year. You're golden. That's it. You're golden the rest of the time. You will year in and you will have a career there. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing I don't think AM just wants that, right? Yeah, they, they don't want that. They don't want that. They they've got the money, they've got the resources. Like, what is it about that place? that makes it where nobody has been able to come in and win big, right? You you had Kevin Sumlin with the one magical season with Johnny Football. You had the COVID season with Jimbo Fisher. Other than that, like, it, R.C. Slocum had, like, a couple of good years here and there, but it was, for the most part, 7-5, 8-4. You know, I had a couple of 9-3s. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking crazy. Yeah, so, it's, I, just... it's tough. Like this is a this is a tough job. This is a tough job. Uh, Dan, Dan Lanning has been brought up a lot. I don't think he would go down there. I think he has built yeah. something in Oregon, and he is gonna. I mean, he's he's raking in money, and he knows that that program is behind him, and he already. I mean, he's already got it rolling. Why would you leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, that Mike doesn't Mack, look like like their like their style of play would work in the SEC. It, it, like it just oh. wouldn't. I'm not saying like maybe it wouldn't work. Lanning, I don't know, maybe it would. Yeah. He would kill it. He would kill it there, uh, but he wouldn't be as successful there as I think he's already been at Oregon mm-hmm. because there's just more competition. And and going into the Big Ten, I think Oregon's going to have to deal with you know Ohio State and Michigan and blah 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 blah. But it's a uh, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Uh, Mike Mack jumped in. He said, "I still think it was a lousy uh, it was a lousy fire. Uh, they won the night before, and the Thursday meeting was classless when you're preparing for a game in the SEC." No, not when you've already got four losses on the season and you're talking about paying this dude $75 million. I don't think this is classless. I think this is just business. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, with what they're doing here. Like, it's just, it is what it is. It's the name of the game these days. Uh, until they move signing day back to, like, February again and we get rid of this dumb early December signing day, uh, this is what they're going to do. And and even then, it may not change because people are going to want to get ahead of the coaching market. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan State's already open. Northwestern's already open. You know, is what it is. It is now, what it is. I, I did like listening to one guy. He was talking about with these coaches, like they turned down the job. He goes, it's not like they faxed over the paperwork and he like pulled it off the fax and like ripped it up and like, no, I'm not going. It's just like, no, thanks. No, somebody's agent said, "Hey, we're going to use you to get a raise where we are, but we ain't leaving." Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, let's let's move on because we've already spent almost twenty minutes talking about Jim, <laughs> and we're going to try and keep this within an hour. Uh, so we may not do a bunch of games, but we will talk uh, as much as we can today. Uh, let's let's talk about this one. Pete Dammel reporting this morning that Boise State is dismissing Coach Andy Avalos today. Now. Again, if we thought it was classless that 
Texas A&M fires A&M after a 51 to 10 win. Well, Boise beat New Mexico last night, 42 to 14. And coach is gone today. Like sometimes this is what ends up happening. It is what it is. I am very curious if they don't go and bring Brian Harson back. I don't think it's going to change anything because I think the job has changed. But, I mean, I could see this happening, at, and we're going to talk hot seat here in a minute, but I could see it happening at a couple of different places, right? Where the coach leaves for greener pastures and it doesn't work out where he goes, and then whoever you hired at the old place, that doesn't work out either. So then would there be an issue with bringing back the coach that was wildly successful and successful enough to get another big-time job? I mean, I don't think so, but I also know that, like, there were a lot of people that were kind of glad that Harson <laughs> left Boise. <laughs> so, uh, who knows? Who knows? But they, there's no denying that they were significantly more successful with Brian Harson than they have been under Andy Avalos. Uh, it was not hard to see this one coming. But were you shocked about the Boise thing? No. I I guess I still reference Boise to when they were, like, you know, playing the Fiesta Bowl, like, that and so to see him now it's like yeah yeah just and and i can understand the fans it that's again you know that's now the expectation we want nine win season we want 10 win seasons we want to go to uh we want to be in the consideration for the playoff yeah i mean it's what they want um i don't i don't foresee it happening uh, yeah. But, no, yeah. but you know, I, things have just changed too much with uh, with the Mountain West and everything else. So, well, I will uh, say, like Idaho itself is very it's growing. Like Boise is like exploding in population. A lot of people are moving there. So, I mean, maybe that could help with recruiting because you're you're bringing in all these new families, and you can develop talent there. And just like I mean, like the housing prices just skyrocketed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that takes, I think it takes a while to develop. That, oh, yeah. right. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to, I mean, you got to get the families in there, get the infrastructure for kids playing, and elevating the level of play. I mean, probably several decades of it. Oh yeah, but, but it's going to take a long time. It's yeah. going to take a long time for that to, uh, for that to work. Yeah. But and I knew somebody who lived in Idaho, and he's like, it snows every day. In some capacity, like holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not a lot of football being played over there. Uh, but I guess you—I mean—you could say the same thing about Pullman and whatever else, and they found ways yeah. to be successful. Not yesterday, yeah. cost me a bet yesterday. But it is what it is. Uh, let's talk hot seat real quick, and we'll just talk about the coaches that could be next on the chopping block. And look, Sam Pittman. And the way that Auburn just got, like, Auburn destroyed Arkansas in Fayetteville. And that's, like, if you have a close game and you lose in the last minute or whatever, it, okay. Right? That makes sense. But the way that Auburn's offense, who has not been good basically all mm -hmm. year, the way they just went up and down the field and the way that Auburn's defense was able to completely stuff that new offense from Arkansas, yikes. I mean, it was that was a brutal beating. I think it was forty-eight to ten. I mean, it was just disgusting 
so Pittman, you bought yourself a little bit of time by firing Dan Enos, the offensive coordinator. I don't know that it's going to uh, – I don't think it's going to save his job at the end of the year. I mean, they still got to play – they still got to play Missouri. They still Ooh. got – who else do they have? That's I can't even remember at this point. But it's yeah. – yeah. We're we're about to get into we're about to get into firing season. Uh, it, speaking, it go was ahead. the good story. It was the good story when he was like, yes. "He's a Arkansas guy, and he's here, and he's the pa- and he's passionate about it." But yeah, yeah, that's uh, but that's all it was, yeah, right? It, it worked for a little while. Yeah, and, and him being like the CEO coach is, I mean, great for a little bit. But man, when he lost those coordinators, uh, that's tough. That was tough. Uh, I'm looking through to make sure that we haven't missed any other firings because <laughs> I, I just saw Sam Pittman is uh, trending on Twitter. Um, Arnett, Zach Arnett, yeah, Zach Arnett, um, Mississippi State coach. If if you are the coach that got beat 51 to 10 by a third string quarterback, by the coach that just got fired and paid 76 million dollars to go away, how are you feeling today? Like Huey, tell me what what would you um, be thinking? I watched that game of all of five minutes. <laughs> and you're a state fan. Like, and I'm a state fan. <laughs> and I was like, this is it kept popping up. I was like, oh, just it, I, it, I don't even know. Like we talked about this early in the season, right? Mm-hmm. Where you are a coach that You you knew how your team was built. And yeah, you went out and got some uh transfer talent, but like nothing overwhelming. And yeah, you lost a few guys to uh to bigger programs here and there, right? Uh uh Ra Ra went over to Georgia. You know, you lost a couple of guys. Dylan Johnson a couple of years ago went over to Washington. Uh, but regardless, you did not have the team that was built to do exactly what you wanted to do. And rather than play, like make your coaching hires and come in with a game plan that worked with what you got, you said, we're going to nuke it. I know everybody loved the guy that came before me, but I don't think he did it the right way. So you come in and you just nuke the whole thing. And that's how you end up getting beat 51 to 10 in games that you used to be really competitive in. This thing, Auburn put up 48 points on Arkansas. State put up seven. Now, State held them to three points, but like, I mean, what are we doing? So, I this has not gone well for Mississippi State. I don't, I don't think Zach Arnett's going to be long for this job. And it's like, because you're, I mean, it's, it's okay, your first job, you don't have that like background to come in and say we're going to completely change his offense and this deep we are going to you don't have that you're new yeah it, it's it's it uh, nobody wants to come work for you because I, I don't know how you are i mean granted like again we're talking about jimbo we know him we know his style he's got some say he you know some favors and so, hey, i can get the guy new I, who, who are you he'll be promoting <laughs> high school coaches just absurd. 
It, the whole thing, sure. Uh, uh, LFG jumps in. He said uh, Chip Kelly should be on the list of head coaches speculated to possibly not return for 24. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, it's, I wrote him down. That was not a good loss yesterday. I mean, granted, again, you're down to your third-string quarterback. There used to be some kind of uh, patience for stuff like that. But you lost to a team that... I think had like four starting offensive linemen out. Like <laughs> there was there was no reason for you to lose that game, especially at home. Uh, it says UCLA media asked Jerk Kelly about one week old rumors that there's disunity among players on a talented 23 UCLA defense. Um, look, they're in LA. It's a huge media market. You're going to get some jackasses in there every now and then. It is what it is. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the media like asking these questions. Uh, it's all up to the coach as to how he handles it. But as far as Chip Kelly doing this, like they're heading into the Big Ten next year. If you're not competitive in the Pac-12 right now, that's not a good indicator of how things are going to be when you have to start traveling you know, 3,000 miles from coast to coast uh, to play against teams that are you know bigger and tougher. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the Chip Kelly extension that he got a couple of years ago, or was it last? No, it was two years ago. Uh, it's not like he's making some astronomical price. Like, it, the money that's going to be coming in from the Big Ten, they could buy him out pretty easily. So, you know, do they want to go out and hire another coach or not? Like, it's up to – that school has kind of always handcuffed their football program. So, do they want to or do they not? Like, that's going to be an interesting one. You uh, how do you feel about Chip Kelly? I kind of forget he's there. <laughs> like I, mean, I got so used sense. to him in Oregon, in just like that style of play, and yeah. then it's like, it like, and I swear it's like every week it's like, oh yeah, he does coach at UCLA. Like I, it's, I will I never understand him. how he got Dante Moore. Like that that five star quarterback, mm-hmm. I will never understand that. Like he doesn't recruit, so I don't know. I mean, obviously I mean, he did you, to get that one, but you, I mean UCLA isn't like a great place. Like that gets me with schools that are like a like a really good place to like be. Like who doesn't want to be in LA? Like right there, like you're not that far from the beach, and it's just beautiful. There's always something, just somewhere to go. There's something to do. It's an amazing. I got to go to the campus one time, and it, it's. Oh, you been? Didn't you go? Yeah, yeah. that's fine. It's 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 like how can you just not get got like, hey, you play in Kansas. Want to come to California? <laughs> Shoot, yeah, it doesn't snow. Yeah, that's and that, that's what they've been doing with the transfer portal, but you know. People are wondering about how long is the transfer portal thing going to work for? Because not everybody can just go into the portal and get better guys, right? It's yeah. can you develop them? Can you? I don't know. It's a, the sport is wildly uh, all over the place right now. It just is. Um, Josh jumped in. He said, "Put up enough money to take Jeff Brom from Louisville." Uh, I think I'm assuming Josh, you're talking about uh, Texas A&M. But uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, Brom played at Louisville. 
he's from there. Like <laughs> that's you don't. I mean, it's possible. We've seen it happen before, but I don't think that was happening, especially not one year in. And I mean, really, how? Like, I know Brom is good, but like, the schedule set up perfect for them this year, and he has had like some crazy, crazy. <laughs> said money talks money does talk but do you want to put up that kind of money on a guy that's had like a billion one score games this year against less than stellar competition let's not get carried away with this jeff brom thing okay like let's i I know he's really really good but like is he one of those that would fit in texas i don't know i don't know uh josh said that's why i said put up enough money again he's only been there for one year like he, he didn't have a great record at Purdue, you know. Like let's let's not go crazy. Let's not go crazy. Uh, the last one I wanted to bring up, Matt, is uh, Dave Aranda over at Baylor. Hey, this isn't the last one. Let's let's talk two more. Dave Aranda at Baylor. Um, it that game yesterday against Kansas State was an absolute abomination. <laughs> I think they got beat like fifty-two to nineteen or something. Yeah, like, I, I eventually stopped keeping up with it, but. To lose that badly, you are no longer developing the the players. And I, maybe you got some dudes out and whatnot, but it this has been a common theme. Against teams that are known for being strong in the trenches, Baylor is getting whipped. Absolutely whipped. They had that one game where they were down by like 35 points against UCF, and they came back and won the game outright in the fourth quarter. Other than that, Texas Tech... Just beat them into a pulp, like they. It, it's been it's been gross. Uh, I don't. I mean, maybe they keep him around for one more year because obviously things didn't go well last year either. But it was just two years ago that they were winning the Sugar Bowl over Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're Baylor. I mean, do you do you bite through this one more year? Uh, you know, next year they don't have to deal with Oklahoma or Texas. Maybe it gets better. I what what would you do in this situation? I I don't know. You lost to Texas State. Texas State's pretty good this year. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, but they, they shouldn't be beating you at your own place. They yeah, shouldn't they shouldn't come up there and yeah, and, and beat you in your Josh jumped back in. He's an LSU guy. He said, We'll take a random back as defensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lincoln Riley might beat you to the point there. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> this is wild. Uh Pitt, Pat Narduzzi. That boy. It fell off in a hurry for Pitt. I mean, it was it 2021? Yeah, it was just two years ago that this team was in a um uh what was it? They were just in a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Like Kenny Pickett, first round quarterback. It, it is you know what's mind blowing about this? You had a first round quarterback and an offensive coordinator in Mark Whipple that led you to an ACC championship, something that hadn't been done at Pitt ever in the modern era and you wanted to get as far away from that as humanly possible you go and hire the boston college offensive coordinator uh signetti and you want to run the ball a lot more and you none of it makes any sense none of it makes any sense so i did you think pat narduzzi sticks around at pitt or uh or is pitt going to go a different direction because they realize oh wait this guy doesn't care about winning he just wants to Play football his way. Probably gonna let him go too. I think so too. 
I think like if you if you have a bad year, that's one thing. Yeah. When it gets as bad as this, and last week he's talking about how, yeah, you know, we uh we lost some really good players and we didn't replace them with good players. It's like you just threw the whole team under the bus. And I understand the rest of what he said. He did say it was on me, you know, we didn't do the, you know, we didn't do the right stuff and whatever. But like, whew. I mean, this was wild. Absolutely wild. And Narduzzi just stepping in it. Um, and we'll see. I mean, maybe I don't know. We got a we got a lot of dudes that might make really good coordinators, but have not proven to be successful long term. Mm. <laughs> At least not in the modern age. Uh let's see. Oh, LFG jumped in. Uh, watch AM offer a vault to Kalen DeBoer, uh, the Washington head coach. Uh, I don't know that he would fit at AM. I mean, he's a he's a fantastic coach, but he's one of those that kind of needs to be off somewhere that you're not paying a whole lot of attention to him. Eh. Uh, for 24 UCLA, uh, I'd have Brendan Marion for head coach. Yeah, I don't think that UCLA is going to go and hire a G5 offensive coordinator to to be their head coach going into the Big Ten. Um, I think I'm all about Brennan Marion. I like what he's doing at UNLV, right? Uh, he's running that same offense that he ran at uh, at Howard, etc. Like He was the wide receivers coach at Pitt when they had Addison. He was the wide receivers coach at, um, at Texas before this. Like, the fun and shoot's really good, but like... I think you would want him to prove it somewhere else first. Barry Odom at UNLV might be up for some of these jobs. Entirely possible. But I don't know that Brennan Marion would be. Marion might get that UNLV job if Odom takes a different job. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, uh, let's talk about one other thing right quick. I, I just want to get your opinion on this. Um, 
let me write my time down so that I can mark all this stuff later. You know, YouTube chapters and all that. Let me pull up an article here that says, Big Ten botched Michigan and Jim Harbaugh punishment with clumsy investigation. And this is by Michael Rosenberg over at uh, sportsillustrated.com or si.com. And the part of this that I was so uh, curious about was this. In a meeting last week, Michigan's regents discussed possibly leaving the Big Ten if Tony Petiti, the Big Ten Conference Commissioner, suspended Coach Jim Harbaugh without what the school considered due process, a person familiar with those discussions told Sports Illustrated. So they did fire, or not fire, excuse me, they did suspend Jim Harbaugh uh, without the due process stuff that they've been talking about. And it says, it may sound like an empty threat, but the fact that it was even discussed should tell you how angry Michigan is right now about how Petiti handled this. The process that led to Harbaugh's three-game suspension was a clumsy execution of mob justice, and it is by no means over. Michigan is expected to take the Big Ten to court Friday night to try and allow Harbaugh to coach on Saturday. Uh, and this was right before the Penn State game, right? And, and for those that have just been kind of, you know, stuck under a rock or whatever, uh, I the whole situation was weird, right? So Michigan signs stealing all that. You can read about all that. The Big Ten waited until Harbaugh was on a plane headed to Penn State. And then they released the news while Penn State was on, or while uh, while Michigan was on the plane to Happy Valley. So as soon as the Penn, or as, uh, as soon as the Michigan plane lands at Penn State, then they have to inform the guys, hey, by the way, coach, they're saying you can't coach tomorrow. <laughs> like, so it was kind of, and it was close to the end of the day. It was on a holiday, so you couldn't get a, you couldn't get an injunction. Um, it was a lot of it was shady. It was it was pretty it was pretty goofy. So the fact that they talked about leaving the Big Ten over this that is that's pretty mind blowing to me. Um, and I'm. Now, obviously, you gotta you gotta start digging into a bunch of realignment stuff, right? Mm-hmm. How the money works, how all this stuff would work. I'm I am curious your thoughts on Michigan potentially leaving the Big Ten. Oh, where would they go? <laughs> uh, I would I would say the SEC, but potentially the ACC. Yeah. That'd be I mean, weird if I'm the SEC, a... I am like, come over here. Could you yeah, imagine it, the matchups? Michigan, it's... LSU, Michigan, Alabama, Michigan, Texas, Michigan, Oklahoma. We're like, all in the South. We can't be handling, you know, playing November games in the snow. Holy crap. Oh, but think about it. But but then they have to come down here in the heat in the summer, yeah. you know, because we have summer until like mid-October. <laughs> I think as far as television goes, oh. it would be insane. Good. Jeez. Every week it would be something crazy, right? Um, now, obviously, you're not going to play Alabama, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia every <clears throat> every year, right? But, like, even, even Michigan and uh, Ole Miss, Michigan, uh, South Carolina, like, these become bigger games. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing with like Texas and South Carolina or uh, Oklahoma, Kentucky, right? It's like you look at it at first and it's like, huh, but it's something you would t- like certainly turn on. Yeah. But it, so, it, and I'm getting away from the point here. The point is, Michigan is really mad at how the Big Ten has handled this. And I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities that they could call around and see what's going on because they're not happy with the way things that, it, like the way things have gone. From what I understand, Michigan was not one of the schools that wanted uh, the extra expansion with bringing in Oregon and Washington uh, to go along with USC and UCLA. But do they are they so upset by that that they don't want to stay in that conference? Like, I mean, this is going to be. <laughs> I completely forgot to say Texas A and M, Michigan, Texas A and M would be a big one. <laughs> yeah, I. My God, can you imagine if Harbaugh left Michigan for uh, Texas A and M? Oh, how, how crazy would that be? <laughs> Well, it would we, give, it, we're 42 Michigan, minutes into this. We haven't even talked about a single game. Yeah. And it, I mean, it uh, would give Michigan a pipeline for recruiting in the South. Oh, yeah. Because now you're showing that showing them more here. You're coming down and playing. And you're going to get. I mean, how many people also, again, growing up in Mississippi, you know, Memphis, how many people do you know have family up there in, too? They talk about like yeah, I have family in Chicago. I forget you know, I mean, family up in yeah. So it's like so people have family ties. That's yeah. I mean, all of this is interesting. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities that it happens. Yeah. Like if Michigan gets that mad at the Big Ten over this, this is the kind of thing that could split a conference. And here's the crazy thing: the SEC and the Big Ten, from everything that I have read, there is no buyout. For these guys, like the the amount of money that they are making from these conference TV deals allows them to leave if they want to leave. Like you don't have to buy out anything, but like good luck trying to get bigger money somewhere else. Well, if you're Michigan, maybe it ain't about money. Like it, that's the that's the crazy part. Like I don't know that anything this crazy has been done before. I mean, it is completely unprecedented that you suspend a coach in the middle of the season for an investigation that isn't done yet. Especially a coach that's like competing for a national championship. Yeah, and and that's bringing attention to your school, to to your conference, to the school. Like, usually it's the other way. Like, the schools are like, hey, you're you're going to shut up about all this. Let's calm this down. We don't, we don't, we don't want to talk about it. Like, Roy Kramer and um, uh, Mike's Live, like those guys, that's the two former SEC commissioners before Greg Sankey. They knew what to do with that stuff. Like it, it got out a little bit. The fan bases were kind of fired up about it, whatever. It didn't become this huge national story where they were leaking stuff to these major media outlets and everybody's pissed off at everybody else, right? It didn't become this. And and nobody was ever mad at the conference, really. Or they were, they were not, they didn't make it known that they were mad at the conference per se. They would just be mad at each other. And in this situation, it became a whole different deal. So I don't I don't know what to think about it. But I mean, even like if you're a Big Ten person or Michigan, like why would you want to hurt your your college, your like why would you want to bring them down so bad? I can understand maybe this was like an Ohio State person, 
a Michigan State person that was a you know an alumni and involved and hey we're going to do this up because we're bringing down a rival school but your conference person that supposed to promote the company we want kids coming here we want people coming for higher education to our schools and watching us on tv and bringing us more money and yeah and, and you have a very outspoken coach that does well used to do more crazy stuff that it's it's mayhem it's absolute mayhem um i don't know i i just i'm it, this is a crazy ass sport and god i love it like yeah. it's the best sport in the entire world <laughs> because there's so many different goofy things that are all tied up in this thing and so yeah it is what it is let's uh let's dive ahead we're uh we're 46 minutes in let's talk about uh our weekly Heisman. You uh you got a couple of guys for uh, for the weekly Hasman. I know you always do the uh the the offensive lineman here. Yeah. So, um offensive lineman, I'm going with Tate Ratledge, right guard. I tried to go more interior this time with Georgia. Um several of their runs right off of his butt. Sealed off the edge right off of his butt in there. So, he he looked he looked really good from the highlights and stuff when I started watching him. So it, and I was like, I said, I'm going to try to go more interior this week. <laughs> and then the offense. Now there's probably one you're going to say, I don't want to say the big one. I'll go with it. Another one, Jordan McLeod of James Madison. Okay. Okay. So 457 yards, 33 on 37 pass attempts for four touchdowns. Pretty good. He has developed pretty well. And now college game day going to James Madison this coming week, which why there is no world where college game day should be going to a game that involves a four loss G5 team like App State. But you've got an undefeated James Madison who is fighting against the NCAA so that they can get bowl eligible and they might be the New Year's Six bowl participant from the G5 if they finish undefeated. Potentially. Liberty's undefeated too, but we'll see. Um, I got three guys. And uh, the big one, were you saying uh, Jaden Daniels was the big one? Okay, yep. so I put him down at the bottom of my list because I, you could put him at the top of this list every week. Yeah. <laughs> it's just absurd, right? Th that uh, was just like stupid. It was like, uh, holy cow. 17 out of 26 passing for 372 yards and three touchdowns. And he also had 12 carries. Only 12 for 234 yards and two touchdowns against that Florida defense. Uh, so first player in uh, Division One history, from what I understand, to have 350 passing yards and 250 rushing yards. So that defense uh, still not good because they still give up 35 to Florida. So <laughs> is what it is. The two guys that I had before him that – I mean, Jaden Daniels, again, could be at the top of this list every week. Uh, <laughs> Illinois' quarterback. We talked about him last week. Uh, John Paddock, the Ball State transfer. This dude. I, I, don't, I don't think that they realized, like this Indiana-Illinois game, I don't think they realized that they're in the Big Ten. You're not supposed to do this in the Big Ten. It was 48-45. to 45. 24 out of 36 passing for John Paddock. 504 yards. Passing four touchdowns, one interception, and won the game in overtime. That's my dude. 
That's the dude. <laughs> they should have been starting him from the very get go. And then my other guy. Look, we're not going to spend. We're not going to have time to talk about it today. But Missouri just thumped Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I it, situationally, it could not have been better for Tennessee, and they just got shellacked in this thing, thirty-six to seven. I think was the final. Like at some point, I turned it off. Uh, but the, Cody Schrader, the Missouri running back, thirty-five carries for two hundred five yards and one touchdown. And he added like another 116. I didn't even write it down. Another 116 receiving with like another touchdown. I mean, that dude, he was a Division II transfer that came in. And he is lighting up SEC defenses. He had big numbers against Georgia last week. So, yeah, those guys were, those were my dudes. John Paddock and Cody Schrader. And, of course, we'll always mention Jaden Daniels because, good Lord. Uh, <laughs> LFG said Jaden Daniels. Walking promo for uh, SoCal high school football. Yeah, California dude went to Arizona State, heads over to LSU. He didn't put up these kind of numbers at uh, at Arizona State. Not in the slightest. Robert Martin jumped in. He said, cash with Clemson minus 14 and a half, Michigan minus four, Missouri plus one. Anyone else cash? Uh, I cashed with a few. I was five and four on the BetUS show. I cashed Ball State last, uh, well, midweek, whatever. I cashed Alabama minus 10 and a half, Temple plus seven, Utah plus nine and a half. I got bailed out by a blocked field goal there. And uh, the under 44 in UCLA and uh, Arizona State. And so James jumped in and said UCF. Whew, that was something. Boy, that was something. Who's uh, Hey, Matt, who's your CFP top four right now? Has it changed at all? Um, I think I just reordered a little bit. So just put Georgia up top. And then uh, Michigan I kind of felt like, you know, all the stuff going on, you're messing with their heads. FSU and Washington. And so I've got, and, and I do it differently because obviously I've got two from the same conference, but Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State is my order. I put Georgia back up at the top this week. Uh, yeah, Georgia was, I mean, dominant over Ole Miss. That was disgusting. <laughs> it was so gross. And then I've got Washington at five, Oregon six, uh, Texas seven, and Bama eight. I mean, it's, it's, all they're all just kind of locked in there until somebody mm -hmm. gets upset or something, right? So I and most of them are going to play each other except for Texas. Texas got nobody left. Could you imagine if we have like you get it's either Georgia or Bama, Michigan or Ohio State. If Florida State wins out, Washington, Oregon wins out, and Texas wins out. I mean, who are you? Somebody's getting left out. It's going to be wild. Oh, that is. I mean, this is this is going to be absolutely wild. I don't. I, 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 well, I mean, we we're, we're getting close to. Well, like this weekend, a few rivalries, and that can get nuts. Yeah, and that this is when stuff starts getting upset, and this is. Well. Ooh. Look, Ohio State's got to go to the big house. Alabama has to go to Jordan-Hare against an Auburn team that is just firing on all cylinders right now. Um, Mike Mack just jumped in the chat and said, Boise just fired Avalos. Uh, yeah, we talked about that mm, 30 minutes ago, 35 minutes ago. <laughs> like we, we knew that was coming. Um, yeah, the rivalry games are going to be pretty nuts. Florida State's got to play Florida. I mean, Florida, I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, James said Fresno, shake my head. Yeah, Fresno got destroyed in the first oh. half against San Jose State last night. Destroyed. Uh, let's go through some of the games right quick. Um, Michigan 24, Penn State 15. Let's talk that one. Uh, I don't think there was anything too crazy in this other than the fact that Michigan realized very quickly that, hey, we can literally just run the ball on these guys and we don't even have to put it in the air. J.J. McCarthy mm-hmm. threw it eight times. He was seven of eight passing for 60 yards, and they ran Blake Corum 26 times for 145. They ran uh, Donovan Edwards 10 times for 52 yards, and J.J. McCarthy ran it eight times for 34 yards. They didn't have to do anything in this game, and they won it uh, almost by double digits. What uh, did you think about this one? What did you, you think about uh, Sharon Moore and in his post-game press conference with all the F-bombs and the, oh, man, and the S's great. and everything else? That was great. <laughs> but there's so much emotion and it, it I mean, that's just kind of crappy management. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do this while you're on a plane and that you can't do anything about it. it passive aggressive much, but yeah, it's, it's big time. And I did see I did see somebody funny that goes, uh James Franklin is the most non elite elite coach there is. So I was like <laughs> hey, people want to talk about how Penn State is not a top 10 team and all that. Like, oh, get out of here with this Penn State top 10. Da, da, da. It's like, no, they could be like, they could actually really be top 10. It's just you lost to two of the, you know, top four teams in the country. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I, I don't know if I feel like Penn State's it like Clemson was before they started winning their, you know, making it to the playoffs. And it's, it's like they were good. They weren't getting over that hump. And right. I'm like, is Penn State, at that point, we can't quite get over the hump, but when they get those pieces, then are they going to be the top top team? They're, they're, they're right there. They're going to keep at it. If they just get a player or two, are they going to be that, that team? When do we start hearing the uh, James Franklin to Texas A&M rumors? Because he does this every year, right? <laughs> I always hate that. I always that's what I was with state with Dan Mullen. Every time Dan Mullen, he had a good team. Oh, all these other teams are going to want him. I'm like, you have, you beat LSU. What once you didn't beat Alabama. Yeah. It, never beat Alabama, but beat LSU. Yeah. Beat like, yeah. So it's like, he's a good coach, but it's like, yeah. If you went to like the Sun Belt, like, yeah, you go undefeated in the Sun Belt. Like what bigger school is going to want this guy who's not getting the national, he's not making it to the conference championship. He's not making it to the playoffs. See, all of them look, Hey, they're all looking for something though. Yeah. Right? Oh, you know, how I brought up Harson earlier for, mm. um, uh, for the Boise job, like to go back to Boise. Yeah. Uh, Mullen go back to Mississippi state. Yeah. I mean, you take him back in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> come on home, baby. Yeah. Just come, on. come on. <laughs> Like, let's get somebody competent in here. Let's do this thing. Like, we, we were good with Leach, but, you know, that's not possible anymore. So now, yeah. come on back. Come on back. Come yeah, on back, did. Danny boy. Bring him back. Uh, uh, the Michigan-Penn State game, more of the same from Penn State. I just can't get over the hump against, you know, these two teams. That's the biggest thing. Uh, Robert Martin said Michigan to the independent. I don't think they would go independent. I mean, they could certainly make their mm. schedule that way. They got the money, but... We'll see. Who knows, right? I don't think they actually leave the Big Ten, but it is interesting to talk about. Very interesting to talk about. Uh, let's talk 
Pac-12 for just a minute and write the times down here, of course. Washington 35, Utah 28. And Utah did not score in the second half. They put up mm-hmm. 21 points in the second quarter. Um, Washington's defense actually did pretty good uh, in the second half. Like, second half here, Utah had 76 yards of total offense. They, uh, let's see, 29 passing yards. Utah was one of five on third downs and 0 of one on fourth downs. They only ran 21 plays, averaged 3.6 yards per play in the second half, and still found a way to cover nine and a half against Washington. Um, Washington put up 11 points in the second half, and uh, Utah blocked a field goal. This was, it was gross. Penix had some, like, really good throws. Uh, Odunze had just some incredible catches. Uh, but only only three catches on 11 targets. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, Washington still didn't impress me a lot. But, you know, they got the job done against a team that's uh, that's been known to be a thorn in everybody's side in this conference, mm-hmm. even though they're dealing with a bunch of guys that are out and whatnot. What uh, what'd you think about this one? I, I was sweating a little bit, but, and I want to talk about this, that, so Utah got the, the, this time it went in Utah's favor. The guy dropping the ball. Yep. Entering. So remember back to the Oregon game years ago when they did the same thing to Oregon. But I think what happened, like I watched it and I'm like some stuff that I have read in the past about psychology. So I think this is what happens. You're going down the field is the the excitement. Your vision kind of shrinks. So you're not able to see where you are. So I get, so I'm thinking like where he's at, he, he sees that end zone. He doesn't seem green because of where his vision, like everything shrank and you kind of turn off. So think about like when you're driving, you kind of turn off stuff and then you'd be like, Oh crap, there's a car. Like I didn't see it because your brain kind of turned it off. And I think that is what's happening. You're in there. You turn everything off. And so you're not, we've seen this happen a lot. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a vision thing. Their vision just kind of shrinks down. I see the end zone. I'm in, they think they're in the end zone because their vision just happened to just like, I mean, just, I'm not saying like you actually what you see, but what your brain is interpreting and it thinks that you're in the end zone. You just kind of go on autopilot and you drop the ball. You think you're in the end. You just drop the ball. So I'm thinking that is what is happening. So liken it to like, when you're like, crap, I never even saw that car. Like our brain just happens just to kind of go, I got it. I'm on autopilot. And that's what happened. So in college football, you've only got what, 20 hours a week to work with the, to work with your team. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it is? Cause I know that there are some coaches that do this and they practice for players to hold on to the ball all the way through the back of the end zone. Is there, because we, like, we've seen the same thing happen in the NFL. We've seen, you know, it happens everywhere. Is there a way to practice for that situation? I think about, like, the program. <laughs> you make them carry around the ball. <laughs> yeah. Someone brings me this ball. But I, I think that it's just like, just like at practice, like, you have your refs, and it's like, every time you score, you go hand the ball to the ref. 
or you go put or like or you just go put the ball over here and it just becomes second nature of of anybody but then it's hard if it's a you know a defensive lineman if it's a you know somebody who doesn't touch the ball a lot a linebacker doesn't get to touch the ball a lot defensive tack you know tackle doesn't touch the ball a lot Also, it's, it's a big, exciting play. I can, I can see it's a big, exciting play. You just kind of go on autopilot and you're, you know, okay, I'm just going to flip the ball for a little. Well, there's a lot of them get very excited about celebrating and like pointing yeah. to the crowd and like all this kind of stuff. It's yeah. like, hey, if, if you are taught and you know, hey, I better go hand this ball to the referee or I'm going to get yelled at, like then maybe, maybe that helps change a behavior. But, yeah. huh. Uh, outside of that, I think Washington is significantly better than Utah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I was like, really, how much would that turn? Because you only got two points off of that whole thing. You got oh, the yeah. sack, or you got that the sack. You got the tackle for touchdown. You got the ball back, but you didn't score. You only got two points, which you could have got at least six. Oh, it definitely at least six. I think it completely changes the game because then it's no longer a one possession game uh, towards the end of the ball game. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's different. It's different. I'll tell you that. I think uh, the whole game script changes if they mm-hmm. score right there. Um, let's uh, let's hit on this one right quick, and then uh, you know, and then we're and then we'll go head out because I got to go get this baby. So uh, last one we'll hit on big rivalry game, and we'll bring it up on the screen. Uh, Florida State twenty seven, and Miami twenty, and brother uh, Emory Williams was only 8 of 23 passing for 175 yards. He did have two touchdowns. So not great numbers, but Miami outgained Florida State in this game. Uh, very curious your thoughts on this one. What uh, what do you think about this ballgame? I, I think Miami would have had a chance if he didn't break his arm there at the end. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's not like he was completing a bunch of passes anyway. Like it, he had He had 15 incompletions and only eight completions. Mm-hmm. So it's not the odds were not in Miami's favor, but like it seemed like the team, like, the team believed in him more. Mm-hmm. I guess like Tyler, and, there's still something wrong with Tyler Van Dyke. Like he's yeah, it, and I mean that takes your halt. Like he fought so hard to get that that first down. Like you're moving now, all of a sudden injured play. We have to stop. We have to put someone else in. So now all that momentum we've got has now stopped. Now we got to get another guy in here. And it it just, and I seem, I, so I was thinking really, if they had him with it, had a better shot with I him. I think so. Yeah. Because at that point, I think they're also like upset because it, you can't go from momentum to devastated because your brother yeah. just got hurt. Yeah. Back to like, all right, we got to fight for him. Like you can't, it, it doesn't switch yeah. that quick. Yeah, especially a, a rivalry game right at the end. And but I, and I really think Florida State they should have put this away much much sooner. But it, it's a rivalry game; they're going to play hard. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to, especially after what they did last year. I mean it was forty five to three last year. Yeah. So I mean that was just a, a complete beating. Um, Jordan Travis looked fine in this game. Trey mm-hmm. Benson had 80 yards rushing on 16 carries. Like Florida State, I don't they're not they're not gonna lose again until the playoff. There's just nobody available to beat them. 
Like I'm just I'm not I'm not seeing it. Like I, they're super talented. Keon Coleman is he is just a disgusting wide receiver. He is so good. Like he only had 24 yards receiving, but like the touchdown grab was just crazy. Like it, the wide receivers that they have, they have built an incredible team. And Mike Rovell knows what to do with talented mm-hmm. dudes when he gets them. Like he's just always known that. So it, they've got more talent than all the other teams that they're playing. They do have maybe, some talent. Maybe Louisville knocks them off. I guess. Yeah, they got Louisville. No. Well, I mean oh, Louisville he, in the uh, in the ACC oh, championship. Oh, ACC championship. I was about to say they got North Alabama and Florida. Yeah, and then Louisville in the ACC title. Because I, I think Louisville wrapped that up with uh, with the win over Virginia, which we could have talked about that because they almost gave that game away. Just gross. Uh, <laughs> Kicks G jumped in. Fresno State loss ruined my weekend. And then he said, I lost a whole bag yesterday. Done gambling. <laughs> <laughs> and Wyoming like lost too. Uh, who? Wyoming. They lost too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, but I called that one. I, yeah. Like, UNLV is the real deal. Oh, they yeah, are the yeah. real deal. Uh, let's hit. Let's hit two more real quick. We're not going to spend as long on these, but I do want to bring them up uh, because Texas, another one of these playoff team potential playoff teams, um, they they beat TCU twenty nine to twenty six, and it should never have been this close. Like they they gave up twenty points in the fourth quarter to TCU. Like Josh Hoover ended up with three hundred yards passing. Quinn Ewers, eh, not great. Jonathan Brooks. Here's a big thing for Texas. Uh, Brooks, the injury for him, they're saying it don't look good. They're saying, that, did you did you see him get injured at all? Oh, I missed that part. So, looks like a knee, potentially. Um, they're they're going to get an MRI done. They're, you know, all the stuff today. We're going to see what ends up happening. But they're saying he could be out for the rest of the year. Ooh. And if he's gone, I mean, C.J. Baxter is pretty good. But, like... Uh, I don't know, man. Like this was a this was a crazy game. Um, what uh, what do you think about TCU? Like Savion Williams, eleven catches, one hundred sixty four yards, big chunk of that in the fourth quarter. What uh, what do you think? So I thought, like Texas were going to start just like I had it on in one of the screens, and they had that big pass play, and I just having to glance up. I was like, oh, there we go. Like Texas got it, ran it in, but the guy stepped out. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And I, I kind of quit watching. I was like, yeah, Texas ran away with that game because they'd beaten up. But but yeah, Ewers just didn't look fantastic. Like he just, yeah. I, and I don't know if like is it just when it's he just came back from injury, so like yeah, you know, do you what do you what do you say about it, right? But it, they were up twenty six to six. Yeah, at the half. How do you not just close this thing out? Like, where is the killer instinct on this team? Because yeah. they've done this multiple times. They they got up big against Kansas State. Let them come back. They got up big against Houston. Let them come back. It happens over and over and over again with this team. Yeah. Why are they not putting teams away? Yeah. Just that's yeah. Because that's halftime. I was like, man, eh, okay, yeah. There's there's not a lot interest, interesting on right now, and I, I was just kind of zoned out watching at that point, just checking scores. It's let's uh let's see what the fourth quarter numbers were <laughs> fourth quarter only tcu 141 total yards uh let's see only ran the ball five times for 25 yards so five per seven of 10 passing 116 yards had eight first downs uh one of two on third down one of one on fourth down had 15 total plays at 9.4 yards per play 
in the fourth quarter. Only held the ball for four point or four minutes and thirty five seconds and scored twenty points. Come on, Sark, what are you doing? Yeah, just uh, insane, absolutely insane, and and no turnovers in the fourth quarter for Texas. So, I don't know, I don't know what to think about it, uh, but we'll see. I mean, Texas still got a couple of couple of spots where they could get caught. We'll see. Um, all right, we've been an hour and ten minutes. Let's uh. Let's wrap this bad boy up. We don't no time for recaps and, and rapid fire and all that crap today. This is just college football is nuts. We could spend three hours doing this. Oh, yeah. But I've got an eight week old in the next room. So I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> I love the guys that come in late uh and, and talk about stuff that we've already talked about. Like Bill L jumped in. He said uh Boise State just fired Andy Avalos. Like, yeah, that, we talked about that like an hour ago. <laughs> we love you guys. I appreciate you. Uh, but look at the description when you come in. We, we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, Watch the replay. All right. All right. Good gracious. Uh, of course, I'll be back again tomorrow doing my weekly preview. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday doing my uh, WCE uh, against the spread stuff, which terrible week this past week. Uh, numbers did not like me. But, uh, but yeah, Bet U.S. College Football Show, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Click the link right there. Oh, Bill said California time zone. Aha. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I understand, brother. I understand. Uh, Matt, tell them where they can find you, my friend. Strong and Healthy Rehab on all socials, Instagram, TikTok, and here on YouTube. Most certainly. And there's a link in the description for that as well. Uh, so with that said, we're going to get out of here. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GaryWCE. I'm on Twitter at Winning Cures. And uh, yeah, click the uh, notification bell, Robert said. Click notify me. Yes, most certainly. Most certainly do that. All right. Let's do this thing. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And uh, and hopefully, hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.